Welcome back, everybody, to the A&D Podcast. My name's Aaron. And I'm Dave. How's it been, man? How's it going? Uh, it's been good. We were talking off mic before this. Man, life is chaotic. With I'll touch on the Everything. topic. With the pandemic going on, yeah. um, it has never hit closer to home than it has this past week. It's, you know, we've seen it around the gym we've seen it around the coffee shop and it's impacted staffing and where i'm working and what i'm doing and my responsibilities mm-hmm. and it's it's hectic and uh after having a some days off getting back into it was a, a grind to say the least but so does that like make you rethink how you've been taking the pain like does that, does that make you refocus things like are you more cognizant of like what you're doing who you're seeing like how you're doing like you know what i'm saying like does that make you just more cognizant once you've had true like immediate impact to it yes and no so i i'm no physical specimen but i've been very lucky in that i work out a couple of times a week i take my vitamins i try to eat pretty clean and that's resulted in a pretty effective immune system mm-hmm. to where even when I do get sick, I don't get hit hard. You know what I mean? So seeing everything around me, it doesn't make me scared for myself. It doesn't make me any more cautious. It makes me more nervous to see where things go with shutdowns mm-hmm. and closures because it's hit closer to home before it was the pandemic. You know, it's just something that's out there that's around that we just got to be aware of. But seeing it hit close to home is like, this is very real and it will have dramatic impact following the holidays when people are spending time with their family with older people. Mm -hmm. And we'll see the repercussions of that, if not in December, then in January or February of next to where I hope things get better. I don't see a possibility where it does, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, With that, how did you celebrate the, uh, this previous holiday? The girlfriend and I had a nice uh, dinner for two in. We uh, were taking the safe route and staying in and, and isolating and keeping away from people just so it's mm-hmm. not put you know, people at risk. Um, but it was a really, probably what up, it was a really good Thanksgiving where, you know, she cooked dinner, I helped. She cooked dinner and... Uh, I ate. <laughs> I helped by eating. Um, <laughs> it was tasty it was nice it was thoughtful it was a better thanksgiving than probably most people got to have and i was appreciative of i was thankful for it did you um hey there you go did you like um zoom or call anybody i mean i've been talking to mom a little bit um i didn't you know i was planning on doing a couple of zooms a couple of texts i sent some texts to people but it was no wasn't any calling or formal zooms just very very kind of a nice like i'm in chill like not hectic holiday it was like, wonderful. That's, you've heard that's, me bitch about work for too long so it was nice to have a uh yeah a, that's a fair in to not have anything on my plate so i was more appreciative like i said it was really slow paced yeah which was great yeah well and, i mean you did have stuff on your plate you said you had turkey and green beans well i didn't have stuff on my metaphorical plate there you go that's ah. yeah there's the specification what about you you had a busy thanksgiving weekend sir let's hear about yours i did so we had an awesome actual thanksgiving day got to eat some delicious foods um figured out uh how to eat brussels sprouts without killing anybody because typically they give me pretty bad gas so that was good what's the secret uh just take tums right after <laughs> There's nothing like too special about it. <laughs> I dipped them in Pepto. 
I eat one and then take a shot of Pepto and eat another one and take a shot of Pepto. <laughs> you have a chaser for your Brussels sprouts. <laughs> you sick, sick. Yeah, whatever works. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. As well, it was broken. I did fix it. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was not just broke. It was all the way busted. It was stanky. So. Uh, <laughs> so that was. Uh, yeah, obviously Thursday. We had a friend in the birthday group, BTW. Was that? Who? Our boy, Big Bri, man. Oh, that's right. Forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. And then um, Cam's was recently too. His, yeah, his was just the other day. You know, That's we'll save the, uh, the days so we don't put his information out there. But right. that was just a couple of days ago, man. That's right. I saw that. Um, yeah, so I forgot about that. So that was big. That was big and exciting. And yeah, then, something else um, big though. I did. We got married in a nice, beautiful, small ceremony on Saturday. It was in the back of someone's yard, which I did figure out that somebody ended up taking a video of it. So I'll try to get that out to the people, not our people, but our people. To the respective parties, yeah. Correct. Um, so that was cool. We got some some evidence of that. But yeah, so we got married on Saturday, that Saturday. It was wonderful. It was a good time. It was the best the best we could have had with what we were dealt. Um, and yeah, it was it was great. And then we went to two of the bougiest places I have ever been. We went to a gorgeous restaurant in downtown Cleveland, <clears throat> which is uh, obviously where we got married. This It was called the Marvel Room. So shout out there. Or maybe it was just Marvel Room. Doesn't matter. But this gorgeous uh, restaurant and then had some of the best food I've had in literal decades i was afraid you were gonna say this gorgeous woman and i was like oh no 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 <laughs> so yeah it sounds like aaron had a pretty nice wedding weekend i gotta say i mean i'm sure it was a beautiful ceremony i saw pictures and looking forward to the video but this pandemic i think has really just impacted all of us in a whole lot of ways from the holidays to birthdays to weddings and just everything it is unimaginable that we now live in a world where we have to we have to celebrate at distance with the people that mean the most to us. And I've been thinking a lot about this lately, people. So go ahead with me on this ride, why don't you? Oh, go for it. In. No, go for it. You were on a ride. I was on a bit of a ride there. I was just gonna say, I think it's odd. It's so unimaginable that we're on this ride to where now we have to celebrate with the people that mean the most to us at the most distance. You know, typically weddings are a time where you bring people together, you dance, you hug, you know, if you're the bride and groom, you kiss. And it's like now we live in a time where all of that is frowned upon, not just. I don't think so much frowned upon, but I, I understand the point you're making is, is that it's not. It is. I mean, people no. get so upset with distancing and spacing and you go into stores and people are like, excuse me, excuse me, where's your mask? Well, but, but six feet and now you're talking about a day where people are supposed to be literally brought together right and not everybody obviously not the people that are there are happy with you and that are celebrating but there are some people that are more concerned and afraid of that closeness in a time when that shouldn't be what's on your mind it's just so well to be in that place it, i mean it's a difficult situation and it's a difficult spot to be in but i think the idea is more um be cognizant about it like like when you're meeting like 
multiple families together for like a big Thanksgiving meal. Obviously don't do that, but like you're not hugging and like, you know, I don't know how affectionate most families are, but it's like kisses on the cheek or whatever. Like that's, that's my point. Yeah. Like you said, don't do that. Right. Like in the time we'll when be, we're supposed to I be think, being together is the norm in these large gatherings, you see the people that you haven't seen ideally all year. Think about our friends giving, right. It's people that we normally haven't got to see in 365 days time. We're finally getting to come together with the people that are usually the most distant from us to finally be together. And now it's like, again, those people in that group don't say, Oh, I can't be here. Oh, I can't do this. But there are people that say, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. Well, what would you do this weekend? Oh, I had a friend's giving. Now, Dave, were you safe? Were you distanced? Did you have masks? Like, no, these are my friends, or this is my family, or this is it's just it's a it's a weird paradox of a time to be in right now, you know? And I and I totally get that, but I think a lot of it too is just being cognizant, right? Like For sure. And I think that's that's part of it is I don't think a a lot of people have the tact to say, you know, did you do it safely? You know, I think people are just more concerned about what versus how, you know, they hear one thing and they make their own instances. So I think that's, that's all it is to me is just like making sure that everyone's doing it in a safe way. But even when you do take precautions and are as conscious as you can be, there's still things that just slip through the cracks, which is like, Mm -hmm. You know, one of my fears, of course, is, you know, not just coming down with it, but spreading it. And I would hate to be feeling fine, be asymptomatic, think I'm great, think I'm healthy and go home to see Ma. And Mm -hmm. lo and behold, a week later, she turns up having COVID again, even if you are cognizant and conscious and do all the proper measures the CDC says, it's like that's still maybe not enough, which is crazy when it's a time when you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be with those people. It's just. It's weird, man. It's weird. It's tough. I mean, finding our way through it, you know. Right. Exactly. And I mean, I think that's that's kind of the crux of it all. Like that's. Ain't it though? I mean, that's that's kind of it. Like. But speaking of older people, I think that segues <laughs> wonderfully into a first topic. You're still, you're still pulling on it, but. I... <laughs> wonderfully into the first topic I wanted to mention to you today, Aaron. You think it segues wonderfully into the first topic, yes. Do you not? We're talking about older people. Well, I mean, it could be better, but we'll go with it. It'll be fine. We can We're talking about on the people. trail then and see where it takes us if you want. I'm always good for an open discussion. No, no, no. I'm ready for it. What's, what's, right. your, what's it? I want to know what old person things do you do. Boy, how much time do you have? Or if you think it'd be more fun... I'm having a hard time coming up with some. Mm-hmm. If you want to come up with some for me and I can come up with some for you, then I think that could lead to more add-ins because I don't have a whole lot for myself. Let's start with myself. I'm going to need some help from you here. I was going to say, I think yours aren't so much like... They're not old person things. I have an yeah. old person mentality and a bit of an old person say, soul at times. You do have an old soul. You have a very like traditional idea of a lot of things. Um, so I think like you don't do a lot of old people things. I think if we looked at like trends and like social media stuff, I feel like you'd probably have some thoughts on it and you, that would make you sound pretty dated. But I think like I have much more old people traits than I think you do for Let's sure. Go one and one until I run out then. Okay. Um, what's, what's one for me? Go, go for me first. Well, that'll be easier. One old person thing that you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, you take joy in mowing the lawn. Oh, lawn care in general. Just <laughs> a nice clean cut. 
I do love to <laughs> weed my yard, Dave. Fucking love weed eaters or, yeah, whatever you call them. All right, so lawn care. That's lawn your, care for sure. That's you take warm. so much joy out of that. I, I, I vividly remember. I think we were in like a Sears or a Macy's or something, and there was like a riding lawnmower, and you were just like, <laughs> boy, I would love to own one of those. And I was like, what, really? Really? And you're Absolutely. Like, you're like, yeah, I don't even care if I was a small yard. I would just go around that thing like three times. And I was like, what? 100%. Yep. World? And those zero turn with the like levers and stuff. Yeah, buddy. I just want to do it. I don't for I don't need to own it. People that can't see that are listening to this, I just want you to know that my face is unmoved by enthusiasm. <laughs> it's just stoic. <laughs> I don't get it. I I mean, good for you, but I I don't share it. Um, yeah, that's fair. I don't think a lot of people do really. I think one for you, yet yeah, you're you're definitely grumpy. Just as a general, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, there you you're very grumpy. Yep. Um, I think yeah, it it's I'm, really more... I have an old person mentality in that I'm ornery and I'm stubborn. Yeah. Sometimes without cause, even against the face of logic, I'm just like, nope, can't tell me that. I don't care. No. Nope. And and it's also like sometimes you're just like, <laughs> you both want to go out and stay in at the same time, and I think that frustrates you sometimes, where you're just like. Uh, can we just like go do something but uh, we also just like need to just chill for a little bit and you're so it's just kind of like hold on dave i had this battle all through college every time someone would be like hey are you going out tonight i'd be like absolutely not not a chance i'm staying in i'm watching this show um nope nope i'm gonna have a beer and i'm just, uh, I'm just gonna go to bed and they'd be like ah come on dave and i'd be like all right didn't have to twist my arm that hard fine i'll go out but then i was like but then you ah. would hate being out <laughs> Sometimes, but I'd be like, there's going to be so many people and we got to walk all the way to the bar. And they're like, Dave, you live five, a five minute walk. You are in downtown of BG. You can just walk there. And I'm just like, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. No, I do have an old person's mentality where yep. I do favor staying in. I see benefit and fun to going out, but. See, I'm kind of like with that where I. Once I'm there, I'm fine. But getting there, I'm very like, I want there to be a very low threshold to like involvement. Whereas if I have to do a lot to get there, I'm not doing it. That's like, not true. I see you at all the clubs dancing. Just turn it mm, up. Mm-hmm. That's me. Hit the whoa. 100%. Yep. I hit know. the wall and then I hit the bed and then I'm no, out. the whoa. It's a dance. Oh. Fuck oh. me. Fuck me. oh, oh. We're going to catch him up to speed after the show. Don't worry, everybody. Oh, no. Please please write in with how you much said, cringe that hit you with. I thought you said the wall, and I was like, whoa. Well, yeah, I absolutely hit the wall. That was before we got there. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. Dear. Well, okay, so that's an old person thing in and of itself. Um, but something else that I got is your love of cigar and whiskeys. Yes, I will give you that. However, I think that is becoming less of a, like an old man's game and more of a like a refinery. Like, like I think it's becoming more of like a um, just like a, a basic thing of class. So not so much like old men sitting around and like postulating, but it's it's like a because like whiskeys are so whiskey and cigars in general are so like. I don't know, um, niche. So they're becoming more like hipstery. Like this, you know, whiskey was, I don't know, brewed, distilled in 
this particular Alps and this particular altitude. So it has this particular taste. Same thing with cigars. You have like weird niche like makers and weird niche flavors. And it's, I think it's, it's becoming less, I, all this rant to say, I think it's becoming less of a, of an old man thing and more of a young man's like, it's, it's, I think it's becoming the, the new hipster thing to be, to be argued. Which here's I where I think you argue. Wrong. Here's where I think you're wrong. Came back hot. <laughs> I did. I came in prepared. For those that don't know, I was just fixing my setup a little bit here, so I had to have Aaron uh, carry that for a moment. But I got to chime in. This has gone on too long. You, <laughs> you're right. There is a certain hipster scene to it. Um, mm-hmm. from what I've seen though, it's not so much that you're doing it from the standpoint of a trend or a hipster thing. I've known that you've liked whiskey for a oh. long time. Like oh, for sure. Day. And I think there's a certain enjoyment that you get from it. But he, here's why I say that, sir. <laughs> when you say it's like a hipster thing, what comes to me is like a hipster bar where, like you're talking about, they have, like I just imagine some kind of like a Menchie's place where, you know, you know how they have all the yogurts just lined up. Oh, and I imagine just a whiskey place where they have just like a, a slate next to it, just of like granite. And it has the description of this, this whiskey and you just run around, just punching your glass and all these things. And you just taste all these whiskeys. I could see that. And I know you would love to go to that, but what I'm Absolutely. saying is you derive some of the greatest joy from sitting down on your porch and smoking a cigar mm-hmm. and drinking mm-hmm. a glass of whiskey, mm-hmm. usually with the company of your best friend, which I know I often turn you down and it breaks my heart every time I will join you one of these days. But it's not like it is a trend-setting scene thing that you like the social aspect of it, like a hipster would. True, do. true. Would do That's it, a I fair point. It makes it an old person thing, and that it is sheerly your own, and it is in your own realm. And literally, if you could just put a bubble around you that just sucked up all that cigar smoke and just played some old-timey music, you you just melt. You would just melt. That's an old person thing. It's a seclusion thing that makes it the old person thing for me. That's a that's a fair distinction. That it, I'm not doing it as like a a new hip thing to do it's like it's been it's been in me for a minute but i'm saying but i'm saying like where your point is like previously like that whole An argument could be made for it sure yeah 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 that the whole notion of like sitting and smoking with like your old buddies and yep it is and i think that is the the old dad thing yep. but i think that's quickly becoming less of a less of stereotype. a stereotype yeah thank you that's what yep. i was trying to come up with oh and i would agree i would agree but it's a fair point that what I do is to get everybody else away. <laughs> it's not a social thing. It's not, hey, I'm coming in. It's like, hey, be gone with you. It's like, if you don't like it, you can get out. No, if you don't like it, I'm going to get out and smoke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it, so I'm leaving. <laughs> you know what they say? If you can't take the heat, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> I'm going to leave. If you can't take the heat, you like light your cigar with it. Something else, too. It's an older person thing. A little bit is your love of coffees. Coffee itself is not an old person thing coming from a guy that works at a coffee shop. But I'm pretty sure you drink coffee black and you talk about the taste of coffees and what coffee you prefer often. That is an older person. It's not an old person thing, but it is an older person thing. I would disagree with the like talking about coffee 
I think that is a very much so young man's game. I think coffee as just like a drink is an old person game. I think if I was like, yeah, I'll just drink whatever dirt coffee. That's the old person thing. I think the new the new person game is like, oh, I like Arabica specific or I like I like this light roast for this specific style of coffee that I'm doing. Did you say Arabica? I did. Arabica. I know that's got PTSD for you, but that was the first thing I could come up with. I actually per- prefer Ethiopian, but that's okay. <laughs> you know what? I will grant you that point. Rebuttal, Aaron. That's mm-hmm. point you. Point, point me. Point you. All right. What else you got? Lob one over. For you, I think you've kind of hit on the big one of just like your stubbornness. Um, I'm saying there's not a lot, man. Oh, I, know. I got one. Yeah. I don't know how to dress myself. And I don't mean like physically, like I can put on a shirt. <laughs> But like one leg in when it comes when it comes to styles today, like when it comes to like styles and fashion, I know literally nothing. I literally looked at the striped shirt that you're seeing me wear uh-huh. and the corduroy pants that you gifted me. And uh-huh. the only reason I didn't wear them together is because I was like, well, one straps is sideways and the other straps <laughs> is up and down. That's bad. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> You've got the notion but my, down. But my point is like it came nothing into like what do I want to tell the world? What does this look say? What do I what look am I giving off? It was literally just something about that geometrically. That's not even fashion. Just ge- geometrically. It it rubbed me wrong and I was like that's probably a fashion no no. I think that's a f- So are you saying that like old people can't dress themselves or are you saying that old people don't care how they dress? Depends on how old. I think the older you get, the more the former is true. I would agree. I can't wait till I get old enough and I can just shit my pants and nobody cares. Like, that's where I'm at. Your nurse is going to care. <laughs> Not my fault. I'm paying her. Yeah, exactly. That's what she's there for. I think older people... Here's... I was listening to um, the Joe Rogan podcast and Dave Chappelle was on it and... Um, Another person, the name has escaped me. It was it was mainly um, Joe Rogan and uh, Darnell something. Darnell I Rawls, I think. Yep. I know I know which one you're talking the about. The two that, that did the podcast, and Dave Chappelle didn't come in until like the last hour. But at some point, they were talking about fashion, and he brought up the point, you know, at what point does somebody get old enough to say, you know what, I don't care. I don't care about fashion. I'm going to old people clothes. And they drew in the interesting point of geography. People look at like people that live in Alaska. To them, function is everything. Fashion really doesn't matter. Right. It's all about functionality. Not to say they don't have yeah. a sense of it, but it's like it's a second thought. Function has to come first, especially in that environment. But if you look at, for example, people in New York, fashion is the foremost thing that they care about. It is a city with luxuries built in around every corner. So it has to. Fashion is a status symbol to show your importance. If you walk down the street in like work clothes, like um, just a Carhartt and you know like work boots. It's not telling the world anything about you. It's not useful. I mean, it's well. I would disagree. I think it's especially in New York. You're you're standing out, so you are telling the world something very specific. Either that you you are a, a blue collar worker, right? You're somebody who does a lot of manual labor, or that you are somebody who just doesn't care. Right. So but I my think, point to say that the priorities shift based on the mm, geographic region. Sure. Like, okay. And out or in Hawaii. All of their stuff is very, you know, free flowing. It allows for, you know, wind flow through it, the sun to, to hit you but not burn you. Whereas mm-hmm. if you wore what you wore in Alaska there, I mean, you would overheat in a minute. But if you live in a place that's really just high population, then fashion does typically come 
higher up. But when you were talking about like old people stuff, like we were or old person mentality of, of how they dress, there's like this age to where things are just solid colors, very toned down colors and orthopedic mm-hmm. shoes. And I'm curious at what age someone goes, it's time. You know what I mean? <laughs> just kind of like Jesus takes the wheel and like, nope, nope, and, not even. And, and they're, they're just standing in a Macy's looking at like you, an old person mannequin. Like, I don't know if you ever played the game Fable, but you walk into like this uh, a dressing room yeah. and it has all these mannequins with all your clothes on it. You walk up to them and you pick like, oh, I'm going to wear this. And you just embody, you know, the clothes that mannequin has on. I imagine them in a Macy's looking at an old person mannequin and just going, we're going to pull the trigger. This is it's, it. It is time. Yep. And yep. And just like you're saying, like a light shines down and they just boom. And they just like, they're in it. They're wearing it. See, I, I kind no, of envision it as like, you hit a certain age and like, it's like, um, <laughs> I hate myself for doing this. <laughs> it's like in the end of Shrek when she like becomes the ogre, but <laughs> it's like on your birthday, <laughs> you're like 60th birthday, arbitrary number, your 60th birthday, you rise out of your bed and you just like, and then like your orthopedic shoes come on and your cardigan comes on. And just looks like the princess their whole life until they hit 50. And then they're like, here we go. The back half, boom, just ogre. And then the pens come flying in and just scoop you up. It envelops you and you just like, and then you suddenly have a taste for like hard butterscotch candies. <laughs> you just magically find them in your pocket, half sucked on. You're like, yep, that's mine. Hmm. But no, to your point, they can dress themselves, obviously, until you get to a certain age where you can't. But in terms of fashion wise, I think it it's interesting because some people can, I think it part of it depends on the status of the individual. If they're like a middle class person, or if they're like in a struggling working class, um, I think then it does go to function, which is usually the maybe. And again, I could be talking out of my ass. Well, I apologize to anyone this may offend, but I think it then tends to go to more functioning clothes that may not be as flashy. But if you're able to do well for yourself and you have mm-hmm. that alpha personality to where, you know, you're stubborn. Um, but progressive and like like a CEO and someone that has you know takes in advice really well, then you might you know push out the edge on how long you keep up trends and wear what's current. You know what I'm saying? I, I would even are you kind of to that point and say like, if you are still very active in what you were doing previously, or you even if you are like an older affluent person, you're going to stick with what's relevant within your circle in your life. Like if you're somebody who's retired and you just hang out at the house all day. Fuck it. Sweats in a sweats in a sweatshirt. Like well, counterpoint to that though, how many old I again this is gonna offend someone. Oh well, here we go. How many old white ladies are out there, like you said, very affluent. They got the money to dress well if they wanted to. And you just see them walking around in like their Sunday best. Like old school Sunday best with pearls on and you're just like it may look fine on them, but it's not like a it, it doesn't scream fashion in the sense of, you know, this is what people would wear these days. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they so have the you, money to do it, but I don't know what. Do you think part of it could just be the time that they came from? Like well, older people just tend to dress. Like when we're old, mm-hmm. and I, to people that listen to this, we may be already. But obviously, I am. I don't know what the wall dance is. Whoa, whatever. whoa, <laughs> fuck you! Um, like when we get old, do you think it will be that we're still wearing clothes similar to what we're wearing now, and kids will just be wearing insane new trends? Right. I don't know. Well, well, I think, I guess I kind of understand your point now a little bit more too. I think, maybe I lost it. Hold on. I think it's a little bit of both where, 
I don't know. I think it's... It's tricky, right? Because you have a lot yeah. of factors that come into play when you're talking about fashion. Sure, you could talk about there is old person fashion in the stereotypical sense. But I, I mean, you're talking about geographics, you're talking about socioeconomic status, you're talking about um, historical family views and what like, what would my mother have thought if I wore something that you know is popular nowadays? She would have hated so, me for it, so I can't wear it. So I guess I have a kind of a, a little bit of a question. Oh, shit. Maybe, maybe it might divert the conversation a different way. Fire from the hip. But are you asking like what trends or, or I guess, are you asking like, at what point in time do you stop following trends or are you more asking about at what point in time do you wear clothes that thus begin functionality versus, excuse me, fashion? I suppose a little bit of both, but my, my thought process is more in line with the first question that you asked with, which is, are you saying old people can't dress themselves or don't know how to dress themselves well, I guess current fashion trends. To, and my point was, I don't know at what point that fashion becomes that old person look that we're all used to. Like, at what point do people shift and say, like, they could have been wearing something super current, you know, the, just a decade before. And now they say, well, this is comfier. I'm going to wear this. Like, at what age does that shift? I wonder. I feel like it's, I understand the point you're making, but I feel like it's also kind of like, it's so subjective to the person like you For sure i mean i know my my grandma's in oh, 70s i think and she's still like wearing relatively current clothing it still like fits her i mean she wouldn't i wouldn't i don't know how i'd feel if she was wearing some like you know gym leggings and a crop top t-shirt she's got gym sharked out just with a sports bra and leggings you'd be like um I respect the fact that you spent a lot on that. I'm not sure if that was the best fashion maneuver. Right. I don't know how I feel about that, Grandma, but thank you. Yeah, like, but also, my point. But I, I guess I, I, my point is, like, there, are, there could be potentially very well be grandmothers and grandfathers that are straight up yoked and are in better shape than I am and that can pull that off because that's what they're feeling. Or a marrow as a grandfather. What? Oh. <laughs> He's yellow fucking Romero. Uh, but then on the other end, you have people that are like in their 50s and that don't function well. So they are going to like wear things that are suited for their lifestyle. Right. So Good I think point. it it just depends on like the person you are at that age. Right. Because like my parents are in their 50s and my dad still works in like a office setting. So he's going to wear like. I always see your dad wearing Supreme. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like he. <laughs> That's supreme. I thought you were going to about say like, he always looks supreme. He always, yes, he always wears a flat bill with a, a supreme. A, a supreme beanie. A, no, it's a, a flat bill, like oh, no okay. name cap. It's a supreme uh, sweater with the 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 hoodie ties tied, tied up. up. Yep. It's the three X, so it looks yep. nice and baggy. Yep. Um, joggers and some high top like shoes. Yo, yeah, the yeah. Nike, oh the is it the Lululemon joggers that he wears or is it the Nike joggers? No, 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 just the the joggers that look like pants with the the cuffs rolled. Oh yeah, he does yeah. that all the yeah. time. He just he looks like a like a fuck boy all the time. I would love to dress JB <laughs> up like this. No, I'm gonna say no right now. What I would what I would love is for him for us to try to dress him 
like that, but with his current clothes, like we'll, we won't get him any new clothes. So have some like ratty old jogger style sweatpants and we'll roll the line. I love it. Just, we just get like gator clips and like pin them back so they look like joggers. <laughs> I would be all about it. Uh, that's what I want. But anyway, so I see like my, my parents and they're in their 50s, 60s, whatever they are, and they still dress like normal, but they're not like know, adults, not old people. Yeah. Adults. But then again, on the other side, you have fifty-year-olds that dress in like a modern fashion. Oh yeah, yeah. Was a in modern fashion, so it just it depends on the person at that point in time. So I guess that's kind of my point um, with all of that. Is that it's it's so dependent on the situation in person. So, next old person thing that you do, you have a certain oh, love God. for. Uh, I think sweaters or like do... sweater vests. I do like sweaters and I used to like sweater vests a lot. I don't like them as much anymore. Yeah. The problem I have with sweaters is I'm already naturally a very warm person. Like I yeah. just, yeah, you are. I'm, I'm, I just heat. I'm, I'm heated. So I don't wear sweaters a lot because I end up sweating in them, like actually sweating. So, but yeah, that's a fair point. I do like sweaters and I used to really like cardigans. Cardigans were my shit for a while. See? Yeah. That's yeah. What it was. That might be what it, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I do have well, a pretty pretty old past. See? What yeah. else you got? Comfy shoes. I you know, I know they're like trendy and hipster, but I will say Tom's look like old person shoes to me. Really? That's so There's, interesting. Like, unless I see them on You do wear a lot of non-slip shoes, which I think is so funny. Do I? Cuz yeah. Cuz you bought a pair when you started working at the um the one restaurant that closed mm-hmm. RIP. Can I say and them? then you've got a new they're out of business now. I can they say ex- at yeah. Acre. That's A C R E. Worked yep. at Acre. Um R I P A C R I P space. The restaurant's name was A C R E. Acre. Yeah, I mean I had non slips there. Um I mean I've always worked in a restaurant setting, so I've always had like non slips. I just think it's and- I think it's so funny that like you buy them and then you just wear them. So like those are like your your new like shoes, and I just, that's pretty funny to me. Is that you're just like these are my shoes, but I'm not gonna slip because <laughs> they're not some <laughs> shoes. Might as well just buy orthopedics. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's I do I do rock the non slips pretty often. I don't pull out nice shoes unless there's an occasion for it. And I will say mm-hmm. this is probably the old person in me. I don't think it's worth it to wear shoes that are going to tie that I have to tie unless I'm going out Velcro? to do something. I mean, I tried. Everyone made fun of me so much for it. So I, I wouldn't. I would love Velcro. Well, every, well so my gym shoes, um, they're slide-ons. My work shoes are slide-ons. I have, <laughs> like, my casual wearing shoes are slide-ons. And I have, as you know, a couple, of, like, boots and tennis shoes. But <clears throat> the only time I wear that is literally then, if I'm doing something or going somewhere. Like, when we went out to Top Golf. I'll wear shoes that have laces. I have like a driving range. I'll wear shoes that have laces. I know one pair of boots that you have that do not zip. And they are a very specific kind of boot. I know exactly the pair you're thinking of. And you, you love those damn boots. It's it's so out of character for you. They aren't. They're winter boots. You totally are. They're winter boots. You fuck. I've had them for so long. They're based off of everything. I I don't doubt it, but based off of everything you said that you're like, 
I got these slip-ons and these slip-ons. I don't wear tie shoes. And then there are these big, thick boots that you just come like clopping through the... <laughs> they look like if you took Timberlands and you dragged them through the mud and scratched off the name and yep. you like somehow morphed the patterning so it looked... They, it looked they, are, like if, they are Berlins. They're not Timberlands. They're just timber. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're fuck like name brand, name brand boots. That's it's not worth it to me, especially when I'm going to drag them through the mud. That could be that could be another one of your old people traits is that you don't give a shit about name brands. I I could care less. You are so tight, like tight. Was it tightening frugal. the belt? Frugal, yeah. You're just so like frugal about anything. Where you're just like, why? Why am I going to pay for this? I don't get it. Like when we were making the jokes earlier about Supreme, I couldn't fathom spending uh, nope. what they charge on clothes. Like when people show me, like I scroll through uh, whatever app, like TikTok or Snapchat, and see people like flexing and flaunting and showing how much they spent on their outfit, and I'm like, I could like, literally, I could literally pay my rent for several months on what you bought that outfit for, yep. which means I wouldn't have to work, and you could put your time towards so much more important things like that i don't get the point in that. the only time I, I can see myself spending like real money on clothes would be for <laughs> functionality <laughs> and uh and if it's like or i should say on name brand if it's functionality or construction like if it's a well-made shoe or suit or shirt or something like that where i know that i'm gonna get years worth of it like there's a pair, there's a um, company that makes boots and like really nice dress shoes. I'll shout them out. I think they're, I think they're still called Oak Street, Oak Street Bootmakers. Boy, Hattie, those shoes are beautiful and they're like resolable and you can fix them because they're all leather. Right. So like you're dropping like a couple hundred bucks on a pair of shoes, but you can re, like if the soles wear out, you just put new pairs of soles on for 60, 100 bucks. Right. And you've got another, like you can continually wear them. Speaking so like, like that, I don't mind. Old person thing, something that bugs, something that clogs my cogs, man. It really irritates the living shit out of me. It breaks when, my plate. It what? Breaks my plate. It, <laughs> it breaks my plate all the way. I cannot stand it. As when I see, and again, don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place. Like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just throw it out there and then I'll kind of backtrack from it. But okay. When I see young, young, young kids that are in color-coordinated, name-brand-coordinated outfits, right? Mm. So I won't forget, I think we were in, like, Easton or Polaris where we were doing something. And I saw this kid walk by who had the brand-new iPhone in hand, had a lime-green Nike shirt on, had the shorts on with the lime-green Nike accents, and had the shin-high Nike socks, and had the Nike, like, high-top shoes. I saw it and I was just like, what? Mm. What the fuck? Like, if your parents are making stupid money and they don't mind buying you that, then whatever. Have at it. Couldn't care less. His parents, I'm sure, were making enough very money well. for that yeah. stuff, right? But, like, I can't imagine a world where that outfit probably costs every bit of 150 200 bucks, and, and probably upwards. And if you count in the iPhone beyond that, and I right. can imagine. So you're talking he has a brand new brand new name brand iPhone, and mm -hmm. then he has on just this color-coordinated outfit. It's like he's not going to work out right now. He's at the mall. He's not yoked, so it's not like it, – it's different if you're – if you're like in your early 20s and you have that outfit on, you're trying to signal the world that you're some kind of fitness influencer, then it, it makes sense. Like if you're yoked, if you're jacked and you have on Nike gear, I get it. You're probably getting paid. You're, 
I would say you're probably sponsored to wear Nike and yep. And if you're getting paid by them. You're making you're yeah. on your hustle. I got no problem with that. I mean, you might right. I'm, I might think you look kind of like a tool, but I, I respect the fact you're on your grind making money. I, mm-hmm. I can't fault you for that. But buying this 12 year old kid who has again just my own little thing who has no sense of potentially how much that outfit costs and how many hours of work it would take in a minimum wage job to afford that outfit that he's just wearing out casually blows my mind and frustrates me to no end because it's like a kid just sees and it's not the kid's fault necessarily you know he sees something nice like i want that parents like all right i'll buy it for you but it's like that the cost of that outfit is so unimaginable to me and it Mm. matters so little to me i guess it matters enough to get me worked up about it but it matters so little to to wear that name brand thing that it's like I, i couldn't imagine spending that money to be wearing and have what that kid has that's just ridiculous well i think that's also kind of like but and it's out of place too. It's out of place is what sure. bugs me, right? It's like it's sure. all workout gear, but like again, fashion should should say what you're trying to say to the world. Well, you're not going to work out. You're clearly not jacked or yoked, and you might so, be an athlete in the sense of you play for your school, but like you're not at a sporting event. You're at a mall, just wear jeans that don't need a name brand, some clean sneakers, and a tee. You're good. You're fine. So then, my flip to you would be, if you see a kid walk into your gym with decked out in that same apparel ready to work would you still have the same beef or is it because of the situation that makes it better i would have or i would say would you have less beef with the same amount of heat like are you slow smoking i'm gonna gonna have less heat because he's in the right setting Mm -hmm. but i may have just as much beef until i see the kid work out Mm. i so if he can if he can earn it he can earn it yeah, if you can earn, I mean, if you're going to be wearing workout gear, like good workout gear, then that sends a message to me, the coach, that this is a priority to you. If you're going to spend $200 on an outfit, I mean, it's just like supplements, right? It's an investment in your body, the mm. vehicle to get you to the level of sport that you want to play. So same sense, a good set of shoes, a good set of work gear, like it's dry fit for a reason. It's meant to pull sweat from you, earn that sweat, right? Right. So yeah. when you see these kids walk in and they're wearing all this gear, I have no preconceived notions, but I hope, I hope that they're wearing that because they have a great work ethic and they're planning to just, you don't wear a nice shirt in and then complain to me that rust from a kettlebell is getting on your shirt. Get the fuck out of my face. Get the fuck out of my face. You're here to put in work, sensible work and be safe mm-hmm. doing it and have fun and build and learn and grow as a person, not just an athlete, but as a person. Right. So come in ready to work, hustle. And if you're going to wear that nice gear, then have a work ethic to match that nice gear. I think, so just to kind of surmise and bring it around a little bit, I think you don't have a lot of old person traits because this rate you just went on is a very much so old person thing to say. Fuck you. I think you are. All right, I might have just put the nail in my own coffin. Yeah. Oh, hey, though. But does that make sense, right? No. I I respect a kid a thousand times more that comes in with a white t-shirt, just goodwill shorts and regular like chucks and says, you know, I'm gonna work hard coach. I'm putting the time and he does mm-hmm. everything. And even if he's not feeling good that day, Hey coach, there's some modifications I can make. My knee hurts. My back hurts. My arms a little bit sore from this. And you know, I had pitching practice before this and my arms a little bit stiff. Right. Great. Let's make all these modifications. Let's get after it. And he goes 110% to train over this kid who literally comes in and wears all this Nike gear and is like, oh, I, Coach, is there something other? You know, I can't do goblet squats because I got rust on my shirt last week. It's like you're here to work out. What? 
Are you talking? If you care that much, bring a shirt to work out in and put the Nike shirt on when you leave. Right. Yeah. I would judge you less for that because you're saying, I want to keep my nice clothes nice. I'm here to put in work. I'm going to put in work and wear my nice stuff when I'm done. Mm. Oh, you know you're what I'm so saying? Old. Fuck, you're so you. Old. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck <laughs> you. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you, uh, Definitely established that you are also an old person. In, yeah, I in thought that too until I saw that fucking handkerchief you pulled up on our break there. Yeah, it's the it's the the snotty season. I just speaking of old people, have you ever seen Bad Grandpa with Johnny Knoxville? I have not. It was kind of on my list, and then it just fell off. I don't know why, but is Jenny it worth I watched watch? that the other night. It's um at certain points, but it's so funny. It is so funny. It's pretty. I, I would recommend. What's the other one with? Um, is it Zach Efron? Yeah, I think it's Dirty Grandpa. That's the one. I've seen that one. That one's pretty funny too. That one's pretty funny. And then, did you see? Um, is it Mike and Dave? I think you and I might have watched that. You I think so. It? I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. It. I thought it was with that guy I, from Workaholics. Yeah, and I think Zach Efron's in that one too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. I thought that one was pretty funny. It's been so long since I've seen it. I don't. I mean, it's got um, Aubrey Plaza and. Oh, I I remember her. Anna Kendrick, I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it's a solid cast, stellar cast. Already got me beat. Big names. So, yeah. <clears throat> so we're talking about what makes you old, essentially. Yeah, we are. And uh, so on the on the converse, on the flip side. You, I think this might be a little bit easier for you. What are, what are some activities that, that make you feel that you're living life to your fullest? Is it fullest oh, potential? A good segue. So plain, but so mm. elegant. Very so well done. I brought you there. I brought you there and here we are. Um, so do you, I mean, I guess this is your topic. I'm going to, I got three, a little things. pull, pull back the curtain a little bit. This I is your topic. Three things. Yeah. Riding the motorcycle. Rolling in jujitsu, mm. and then lifting slash hitting a heavy bag. Yep, that's it. That's it. What's weird is that they're all tied to physical physicality in some mm-hmm. way. You know what I mean? Um, what I think is interesting is everyone's obviously different, but for me, it's like human movement and exploring this vessel that is our body. Um, meaning, I heard a really interesting analogy a long time ago that was like might have been on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, with John Donaher, who I think I made you listen to at least part of that. Um, he has that real Australian quiet. Or, I know exactly who he is for sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I've listened to his jujitsu videos a couple times. He, interesting voice. Brilliant guy, though. Yeah. Um, it might have been that episode or that podcast. It might have been from a different source. Apologies to the original source. But um it was to the extent of, you know, we're all here to embrace our physicality, our our life, right? You don't usually feel more alive than when you're kind of throttling the edge of the opposite, right? So danger could set in at any moment on the bike. It could set in at any moment on the mat. And I think when you're teetering that edge is when you feel the most alive. And then someone drew the point. It's interesting when you think about, like, intellectuals and professors and people that, you know, just sit and write paper after paper after paper after study. And 
they almost ignore the physical side of things. And there is a certain connection between brain and body. And it's interesting that, you know, these intellectuals literally sometimes just see their body as the vehicle that carries around their brain when it's so much more than that. Um, so for me, a large part of feeling alive, I think is the physical things, um, like rolling or lifting where you're kind of pushing the limit and kind of right mm -hmm. razor edge there, um, riding on the bike, right down a highway, um, not a busy street, but like a nice open kind of highway or an open roadway. And there's just nothing on either side of you. And it's a sunny afternoon and it's night, like it's that cool temperature to where you get a nice cool breeze. Um, but you're not frozen on the bike. Uh, it's just, it's those three things, man. It seems like a lot of them too deal with that adrenaline factor. I think, especially with riding the bike and, and rolling, those are the two that I can kind of not so much relate to with the bike, but I, I definitely know what you mean when it comes to rolling like that. For me, it's that adrenaline factor. It's that, <clears throat> you know, at this moment in time, it is just it really, and it sounds weird saying it like this way, but I know that it, I don't mean it in the way that it's going to sound. It's a battle of the bodies, right? It's, it's determining who in this, even though this is a sparring session, it's, you know, who has a better technique, who has a better body placement, who, who really is, has a better, had a, has a better strength to them, both, both physically and, and mentally. Yeah. Um, for me, it's more selfish. You're right. There's that certain survival aspect of it, of what are they going to do and who's going to be well, a better competitor. Yeah. And I, I think it's, me, it's completely selfish. That's kind of the point, I guess. For, for me, it's more selfish in that I don't even consider the other person. Mm. I consider, I love that pressure moment. Like when things set in, like if you're in the restaurant industry and everyone just walks through the door, like a bus just got offloaded and everyone yeah. else is either panicking or they're crying in the back or they're pouting. <laughs> or they're and, crying in the, in the walk-in. Yep. And then for me, it's a moment of it's time to step up to the plate. It's time mm -hmm. to see what we're capable of. Either the team steps together or this thing crumbles. I mean, right. what, what's the worst case scenario if it crumbles? You're not on a mat. No one's going to choke you out. Like it's, it's the restaurant entry. Like step up to it bring the best that you can right. So, right, like with rolling or on the bike it's interesting because it is it's just me you know what i mean it's just the individual like if something goes wrong on the bike you either pull off to the side of the road and fix it or you call in triple a and you wait a goddamn minute like it's not like or if you're on the mat like you practice technique and you try to be safe and you mm -hmm. figure out what you can and it's puzzle solving but again it's not about the other person it's about um, what can I figure out? What can I do? How well can I float? How well can I sink? And, and where are the boundaries at? That's, I, you know, for me, what about for you? I'm curious. You know, that's a good question. Well, let's start with this. What do you enjoy? What makes you, what do you find the most joy in doing? What brings you the most happiness? I think for, for me, I find joy in this is going to sound like way more philosophical than I mean it to be. I find joy in peace. So stopping after like doing like, and it can be as simple as just like having a beer after a long day like that. You enjoy pause. the rest. Correct. I, yeah, after I, the storm, you and not necessarily peace. I mean, for you, maybe most people, no, maybe not. I, I think it is an aspect of peace because I think the rest to me is kind of like the eye of the storm. I don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy sitting down and going like, okay, let me catch my breath and then let me jump back into it. That, not so much. Right. You enjoy but, the aftermath when things are done right. and all said, you get to reflect, right. and relax, and not have to feel the pressure of what was. 
Right. And I think that's, that's a lot of it too, um, is the, is the aftermath. But I, I will echo what you said is like rolling when, I mean, obviously pandemic China kind of changed everything for everybody, right? but getting in a good role. And like, even though, I mean, I was no, you know, not, no one to really we talk got our about. asses handed to us. You can yeah, say. I was going to say, I, I was no one to talk to about it, but like. Had the whitest belt on the mat. We I was, it was bleach white. But even though. <laughs> you, How long you, you been you, here? A couple years. Oh. <laughs> the belt's you, still brand new white. You want to roll? <laughs> <laughs> In a stifled voice. You want to yeah. roll? Is that okay? But. <laughs> But you like you knew what a good role felt like, and when you got in that good role, that was like hell yeah, that's what brings you back. Having that moment of even though you may be tapped, but you, you know, or 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 you went the full five or two or whatever the time frame was. I vividly remember, probably I maybe had maybe a stripe or two, and for those that really don't know, that would be basically how many how many months would be a stripe. A uh, stripe would be thirty classes, which would be about a month. Two in a week, so it'd be in theory three months' time. Yeah, so let's say it's it's been a couple months, and I I don't know, like I didn't have to tap. I didn't feel like I was in like any danger, but I went the full time. Not immediate danger, right? But I went the full time, and there was no, you know, like I didn't submit, they didn't submit, but going that full time and being feeling like I was more in control. That's a win that when you're a, a white belt. That's what I'm saying. Like when you're a white belt, I was like, this is you it. You can walk away from it and yep. defend well enough to mm-hmm. not tap. That's a, for a white belt, that's a, that is a win, you know? And I think, and we're probably going to go down a rabbit hole, but I think once you can figure out your defense, podcast, I know, uh, once you can figure out your defense, you can figure out your offense when it comes to jujitsu. So if you can defend yourself enough to where, you know, I know, okay, if this hand goes here, I can block it here. To where they make a mistake that you can capitalize on. That's, and that's my point that if, if I can, if I can ensure that my defense to your offense beats out every time, I'm good. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I mean if I can. Think about why we yeah. do jujitsu, right? For the whole stint of white belt, at least at, you know, the school we train, the idea from white belt to blue belt is self-defense, right? So if you, can roll without tapping because you defended well enough it would be this is a bold claim i'm gonna go ahead it would be fair to say that if you're in a street fight one could assume that you can hold your own well enough to walk away from it which is the win that's why you do it you know so it's interesting um my wife's well hold on my brother-in-law and i were talking about uh (laughs) Basically, some new words. Yeah, they're rolling off the tongue a little bit. Basically, the I don't know if it was so much the benefit or the practicality or the differences between boxing and jujitsu in street component. And so his point was, he was we'll just say he was pro boxing for sake of argument. Pro boxing as self defense. You know, if he was like, you know, if I can just knock somebody out in a street fight. The, the threat is neutralized if they're if we assume that He's they wrong though that that was kind of my point i was like you know assuming that they are not 
assuming that the other is the aggressor and you are truly standing your ground. Yeah. If you knock somebody out, great. Like I'm not going to say no, but if you can also that assumes he doesn't have friends that assumes exactly. there's not a cop watching you bounce his head off the concrete. Right. There's so many assumptions there, but yeah, sure. Neutralize the threat done. No argument there. However, if you can also neutralize the threat, keep yourself safe and keep others safe. That's the big thing, isn't it? I mean, if you're swinging around yeah. a bar and your goal is to knock out the aggressor and you hit a woman, mm. or you hit somebody else who's bigger than the aggressor, or you, then you got more bouncer, problems than just the one. Right. You know, or if you, but if you can neutralize the threat and wait for the cops to show up, or at least wait for everybody to break it up and the bouncer can say, what happened? And you can say, well, he came to me, I stopped it, and that's good. We're good. Everyone walks so away. So much better. Yeah, everybody walks away. And so my counter to that was, well, the best, what is it? Um, I said, essentially, like, the best way to win in a fight is to not get into a fight. And that's... Don't invite the fight. Part of jujitsu as well. is That's part of that self-defense is keeping the distance, minimizing the distance, minimi maximizing the damage. Or Managing the distance. Damage. Well, but in this, for, for this instance, I was yeah. saying yeah. to minimize the distance and minimize the damage would be jujitsu. If you want to maximize it, just don't get into a fight. You know, I say if you want well, to maximize the distance, your space. Well, again, the idea yeah. of manage the distance, manage the damage suggests no one to get out and no one to get all the way in. But you're not wrong. I mean, there's a lot so, of nuances to. Yeah, and I guess that was kind of my my point as well is to say like, well, though you're not wrong, there there's is more to it. It's that's a surface that's a surface scratch. Have you seen the video clip? I think it was Matt Sarah, if I'm not crazy. Um, some guy apparently was trying to pick a fight with him. I can send you the clip. I hope I think it's on YouTube. We could put it in the show notes. But it was someone was trying to pick a fight with Matt Sarah, who's I'm sure won several belts in the UFC. I, I was going to say it's a he's got a and has his own school for jujitsu. I mean, one of the biggest names, not just in in mixed martial arts, but in jujitsu, just overall phenom of an athlete well, someone tried to pick a fight with him and he was literally sitting on him in full mount and he was not getting hit not hitting the guy but he was literally putting on a demo like an instructional video for how to maintain the mount in front of everybody in the restaurant i was say is it's in like a he's talking to everybody within the restaurant about yeah. this guy who's like trying to pick a fight with him meanwhile the guy's talking trash on bob yeah it's just it's yeah. the funniest video you could watch because you picked a fight with a high level black belt in jujitsu and a mixed martial arts champion unknowingly which is shame on you in the first place but not only that yeah. but you're going to talk trash to him while he's while you're in the mount <laughs> while you're literally losing like that is oh. you're losing and the, and the cops get there and he literally looks at him and he's like do you have it do you got this can you are you good <laughs> do you need anything boys uh i can't so, imagine a more degrading scenario for probably the aggressor of oh, the yeah. fight and the cops like what like if i was the cops i'd be like why are we even getting called this is not not just a trained fighter but it's a, a trained fighter that knows how to carry himself well enough to not just not only hurt the people around him but not even hurt the guy that was trying to pick a fight with him do right. we need to go out there can he not just like tell this guy to, like you know i get it i get they have to show up but it, i yeah. couldn't imagine a situation as a cop where i would feel more helpless mm. than show up to that and see him literally owning that guy and be like we got it from here thanks so do you want to know did you want to know matt sarah's uh rank 
Fuck. Let's give him a, let's give him a full shout out. If you got the Wikipedia page, yeah. Full he's back. got a uh, fourth degree black belt in uh, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu under, uh, is it Hen- Henzo? Yep. Henzo. Um, his MMA record would be 18 and 11, which is a pretty solid record. Um, let's see here. And he spent years in the UFC. Yeah. I was going to say, because he was in um, Ultimate Fighter, which is, we're just going to digress 100%. Um, I really want to watch Ultimate Fighter from the beginning. Like season one, episode one. So we've been getting into, uh, Jenny and I have been getting into the show Survivor. Yeah. And that show started back in 2000. Mm-hmm. To give you some preface. And those seasons are, woo, fun long. To fun to watch, though. So if you were to watch uh, The Ultimate Fighter from its early seasons, I mean, I watched a couple of the early seasons. I didn't start season one, I don't think, but I did mm. watch some of the earlier ones. I mean, those guys are, I'm sure they're still wild, but they have the show well enough coordinated and the sport well enough coordinated to where they can really manage all of the egos in the house. I think, again, I haven't seen a, a season uh, recently, but I mean, the show's been on long enough that you can work out all of the kinks. Mm. Um, those early See, episodes, though, are f- interesting to watch. That's kind of my point. Like, I, I wonder not when I should start, like what, what primo season would be like one and two would be working out the Kings. Cause it was on like, it was like seven seasons or something. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was like on forever. Yeah. I feel like it was on. Yeah. The rest really of his Wikipedia time. page up. That's where I'm going. <laughs> uh, I'm getting there. But anyway, so I think it's safe to say that we've, you know, doing adrenaline charging things makes both of us feel like we're living to the fullest um yeah i mean you could draw that out though to say well we could go skydiving and we'd be feeling like we're living life to the fullest but some of those things just don't draw me like excuse me like bungee jumping or skydiving that that doesn't appeal to me like i want to do mm, it you know what i mean sure um but things like rolling you can do every day riding your bike you can do every day not in ohio but like (laughs) Not not really anywhere right now. Yeah, yeah, you can ride your bike. Are you kidding me? Like California, Texas, anywhere. That's, oh, I'm that's sorry. I, I thought you were saying like rolling or anything. But no, I mean, I mean like the bike and rolling. I mean, you can do it in home. If you get mats at home, you got like a, a friend that's also like if you work from home and I work from home, and you live down the street, and I had mats here. You can like a you know the garage and just like roll nonstop. You go for a couple mm. hours a day. You know that's true. I mean? Yeah, that's true. It can be done. It takes some planning and thinking and like you said, some conscious action and effort, but it could certainly be done. But uh, what else makes you feel alive? Well, that's what I was going to kind of get into is like, you know, like what other than, I guess it would probably be better physical. What other than physicality, what are some things that, that make you wake up in the morning, like make you, or, or maybe wake you up in in your day yeah um things that get me revved up i would say i've told you and you've heard them several times over i watch a lot of motivational videos just to get the energy going um what inspires me is continued ed so reading sources that uh contribute to things that i'm interested in whether that's exercise or other things like that so to, but but does like like those ceus and that, that continuing education does that like make you feel alive for the sake of well, no, the, you're the asking topic me up in the morning what gets me up in the morning is if i know i can wake up and go through a morning ritual of like 
coffee and read and write a little bit and, you know, do some work for two, three hours. I mean, that that's what wakes me up. That's what gets me feeling energized. If you're talking about feeling alive, I was going to try to elaborate on it a little bit to say, for me, the things that I pick are kind of physical in nature and that they pertain to like, you need a body to do them and to enjoy them. But for some people, things like writing poetry, writing music, playing an instrument might make mm-hmm. them feel alive. Those don't appeal to me. They don't, they, they don't make me necessarily feel alive. I don't feel drawn to them, but for some people it may. So I know for me, they're rather physical ish things. Um, they have to do with the body and how it connects to the mind and getting everything to flow. For some people, it may just purely be mental. Hmm. Other people might be going out and just beating on a tire for a while. You know, I don't, I don't know. But I'm curious, I guess, what yours is. If it, if you think more mental activities, um, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it it really depends on both the situation and kind of where I'm feeling because I think. Um, again, like we just talked, having that like mental and physical connection in actual like activity is, is paramount for me. I think that's a a good something. And even if it's just movement in general, having like walking down, you know, just walking the dog or something, having that like ability to do that is, is enjoyable. And I guess is what I'm trying to say. However, so feel alive. I want to get I want to get aggressive with my life. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. I, I'm I'm getting there. I'm just vamping. I just think I think success is is what I'm getting at. Um, ah, think, so something that makes you feel accomplished helps you to feel accomplishment accomplishing is, a task. Yeah, eh? accomplishment. Maybe not so much a task, but a, an accomplishment is a is a is that alive feeling for me? Because for me, it would be like I, I don't do it as much now, but. Um, playing music or just like learning a song always kind of gave me a little bit of like a, a good feeling. And I think in this may be for you more you than me, like accomplishing like a, a, a task, I guess, but like, um, like CEUs, I don't have anything that I do CEUs for, but having that ability to like learn and take a test and be like, yep, a hundred percent got it, completed it. Cool. Those are different. I mean, for you, they might be the same. For well, me, they're different. Elaborate on that then. For me, when I feel alive is when I get to tune out, right? When I'm on the bike, I think of like a free flow state, right? When I'm on the bike, anything can come to my mind. I can mm. think about any song. I can think about anything that's happening in life. I can think about finance. I can think about the view on the road. It doesn't matter. When I'm working out, again, I can think about whatever I want. I want to pull something up on YouTube and listen to it. I go. It's my space. Mm whatever like i like to work out alone so i'll put you know something from youtube up um on the speaker at the gym and i'll just get to the lift or i'll put in music and i'll just tune out and i won't think about mm. anything that's happening around me i do the work that's in front of me whether it's prescribed like a program that i'm doing or just something that literally my body tells me i want to do if i feel like hey you know what i need to work on some shoulders today i want to do some overhead pressing i want to do some you know pulling work on some of the minor muscles of the shoulder i just want to do a little bit of prehab work that's what's calling me. I don't want to squat heavy. Fuck that. I don't want to pull anything heavy off the floor. Fuck that. That's not, that's not what I feel today. That where I can tune out and literally just go where the body wants to go and do what it wants to do is what I enjoy and what makes me feel alive. Now, to me, that's different than accomplishment, mm-hmm. right? So I can go to these conferences. I can take all these notes. I can 
do whatever for my continued ed and, and get those CEUs. And I feel great. I feel accomplished, pat on the back, but I wouldn't say I feel alive. When I think alive, I think of stressing the system and taking it to its physical edge and letting the mind kind of cooperate with that as opposed to I've accomplished something. The accomplishment to me is just all a separate category of my mind was able to do this. Great. You know, mm -hmm. it doesn't make me feel alive. Does that make sense? I think so. I think that's a, I like that what you're saying of like having the ability to tune out. I think that's a really good kind of way to, to, to view it and to think about it too, is to say like, once you fully have the ability to just do without having to, to think like in this is just kind of our difference. Like when I work out and I have a and D podcast, I know I have to have like a, like a something like a, a, a framework Yep. or if I'm doing cardio, I'd much prefer a cardio where I could just go. That's why I like biking. I don't like running because I feel like I have to think about running See, like swimming, swimming, Oh my God, if I can, if there's a back in the day, jumping in the pool and just like going, that was it. Like that was, that was it. it. Oh man. I couldn't do it. I think, and now you may relate to this. I think the heart is happiest when it shows on your face. I can think of several times when I'm on the bike and I literally am smiling from ear to ear. There's mm. no one around. I'm not doing it for anybody. I'm not smiling at anybody. It's not a front for a customer. It's nothing but genuine. Like I feel a butterfly feeling of happiness, you know? Mm. Like, I think, yeah, I, I like that a lot too. I think that's a, that it's weird to, to find yourself in a genuine happy moment. Like when you're, like, I don't know if, if anybody's it's ever true. like when you catch yourself yeah. in a moment of bliss, it's something magical, man. And when, when somebody else calls you out on your bliss and you don't realize it, that is true and genuine. No, 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 not, but not like in a negative I hear way. You're saying when someone yeah. sees it, it's a nice moment because they can see how truly happy. That, you yeah, are. yeah. 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 And sure. Sure. I prefer no one to be around. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Well, but I guess my point is like when you're, when you're on the bike, you know, and somebody just looks over in their car and you're on your bike and you're just like, you're having a good time. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's nice a, for them. Right. That's my point. Like, that's a true, genuine moment, even though you maybe didn't realize it yeah. or, you know, you like, I'll just go back to jujitsu. Like you, you got the tap or you got somebody to tap or you got the submission and you yeah. like that little like smirk comes across your face and you're like, oh yeah, that, that to me is like, I'm with you on that one. That's that true genuine moment that only you know, and that you felt, but it's there. That's, yeah. that's it. That's the win. That's where it comes in. Yeah. Ah, there's just something good about the bike, man. I tell you what, I tell you what. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. It's hard to catch yourself in those moments, isn't it? It is. And I'll, I'll go back to the bike that is not something that I tried it. It caught like it called to me once and I was like, I'm good. Like I don't need it. it yeah. I don't know why, but I like I think you we did like a little like um figure eight thing on some parking lot. I think you like walked me through it and I was like, I'm good. Like that's all I needed. I didn't need I don't need to go on the street. I'm good. Uh, yeah, I could get a, I could get a moped. And I'd probably be okay, but I don't need anything. Pretty sure Andrew had a moped back in the day. Oh, he definitely did. Yeah, I know he did because we is. talked to him about it. I, I talked to him about it. 
<laughs> I just need something to like, you know what? I'm run to the store. Yeah. Let me get on my Vespa. Ringing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like if you're working out and you just see a pool of sweat in front of you and you're like, I, mm. I fucking did that. I, I did that. Or if you're hitting, like if you're just going through a lift and you PR again, no one in the gym, no one has to see it. I'm not doing it for bragging rights. It's not an IG moment. It's just for me. And I hit a PR yeah. and I'm just like, go boys mm-hmm. it's just it's a happy moment man so so then kind of a follow-up how do you carry that feeling with you like how do you like if you're so you're saying i'm just word picture painting a scenario say you hit like a really good morning workout how do you take that with you throughout your day Oi. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. I don't think I've ever thought about how I take those moments. I kind of celebrate them. You celebrate them in the moment and then? I celebrate them in the moment and I try to savor them as long as I can. Remind me if I've used this example with you before. We were talking about introverts and extroverts. And I use the example of introverts and extroverts are very similar in that introverts have a cap on how much interaction they can have in a day, right? So if I have $10, every interaction with a person is a dollar. I don't, I don't not look forward to those moments. I, I enjoy them, but I can only have so many of them until I start mm-hmm. to feel drained. Whereas extroverts capitalize on all of those moments and to them, they don't have a cap. Every interaction is a dollar and they're out to get as much as they can. They, they thrive for it. Right. Well, I'm an introvert in that those moments, those are big wins. So how do I celebrate them? I continue to be alone. I enjoy my car ride home. Mm-hmm. listen to something either a podcast or music but i i just enjoy that space my brain uh starts thinking about all the other projects i want to get on and want to do and want to accomplish that bit of momentum begats more momentum um and See, the trick is to keep that momentum in action mm-hmm. we'll let that momentum build up and then they'll hit one obstacle and then that momentum dies and they need to start it back up um but i think the successful people in life and we've talked about this before let that momentum gain traction Mm-hmm. They keep action in uh, in proportion with that momentum, and then that gets more momentum, which meets action, momentum, and action. But I think the dangerous part is when you meet resistance and people let that die, that momentum die. See, and I think it's interesting that you find yourself to be an, an introvert because I think you're more of like an extroverted introvert. So I think that you you value your time alone, but you so also much. you also thrive in in situations where you're you're meant to be personable. Like you, you know, but, but I'm, I guess my point is that you're a coach, which is a, by and large, a personality, like you are a truly customer facing position. Same with your coffee shop, right? You have two positions that are so customer focused and customer heavy that I think you are, you are the definition. You and I both honestly are the definition of of an introverted extrovert that you, you don't necessarily thrive in situations where you're um like yeah you don't thrive but you don't fail in situations where it's it's personable um but you definitely you definitely need that that human interaction to like that that fuels you and then you kind of can go a little bit goes a long way yes i find myself that's what i'm going the momentum of being alone more than the momentum of being with people right so if i'm ringing up customers and I'm working at the drive-thru, I might be really cheerful for the good first hour or two. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, 
it almost you feel it become a stage act you know what i mean yeah you like yeah. going from i'm excited to be here and this is genuine and i want to try this line and this line and i want to interact with you here and suggest this and you know that and and then you get an hour or two into it and you're just like you say the same lines but you know the energy's not there you know mm-hmm. um i mean i think arguably that's just could just be general fatigue nah, you're like, not obvi- i mean obviously like you know your own self better but i mean I know me and after a while, a hundred percent, it's just kind of like, okay, all right. And, you right. know, it's just, you're, you're going through the steps. It's just that general fatigue. But I think, I think if you didn't have any of those personal interactions, you would be, I'm not going to say miserable, but I think you would be drained of yourself. I think you need those, like the, that human interaction, like everybody needs human interaction. Yeah. I'll say another moment when I feel alive and I don't know if, is good or bad. But another moment when I feel alive is when I'm coaching. We had this uh, youth athlete come in. It was her first time ever in our gym. Might have been in any gym. Um, but she, she moved pretty well. Um, but some of the movements were still new to her. And, of course, as a young uh, woman, there's you know a certain training effect and muscle mass that needs to be put on. And, and that's the whole process of training, right? But not only were the movements new to her but some of the positions were new that you know we were setting her up in and i remember watching this athlete deadlift and i was grabbing a, a pvc pipe um and nothing was necessarily wrong with it but there were a couple of things that we could queue up right shin angles back angles this that whatever and some of the verbal cues weren't landing and uh, i told jenny this it's one of my favorite lines but you've seen the avengers movies right mm-hmm. you know the last um oh, it's one of the it's one of the avengers movies like one of the three not the Marvel movies, but there's this scene where Iron Man goes, all right, Avengers, time to go to work for a living. And I grabbed the PVC pipe and I'm like, time to coach for a living. Here we go. And I take for granted a lot of times we have athletes that have been around for years, years mm-hmm. at a time. Um, and I don't know how people feel in the collegiate sector, but I mean, imagine having an athlete. It happens usually with high level athletes too, where you demo something and they do it better than you. And you're like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like, like it, it's, there's always something to coach, but it, you don't you coach different things different age groups you know what i mean so what you might cue to a 12 year old is not what you're going to cue to an 18 year old um so all that to say you know i grabbed the pvc pipe and it's like it took me right back to the internship and it's like Mm. all right we gotta we gotta roll up our sleeves and we gotta coach this you know we gotta talk about we gotta get the pvc out we gotta make planes they gotta understand where their body's at in space and time and we gotta we gotta polish this up again nothing was of course substantially wrong with the movement itself it was just a new pattern it was like here we go and that, that made me feel that that was one of those moments where that smile came on. And I was like, fucking love what I do. I fucking love what I do. This is, this is great. This is, I, I live for this. And I think that's such a, a great, I don't know, maybe it's a good ending point too. I think that's like having those moments where you, and you, I think you definitely have them more than you, maybe you realize, maybe it's just talking that maybe I realize them, but I think it's so great to have those moments where you like, like you you found your place yeah. and you feel good in your place. Yeah. And arguably those are so few and far between anymore. It's where resistance and efficacy meet is this is the point of accomplishment, right? Mm. Too much resistance. Ah, oh, I can't do it. I just, it's, it's impossible. Too right. much efficacy and you become arrogant, right? I'm the best coach that's ever walked. Mm. I can coach anybody. This is, but when you meet resistance equal to efficacy, meaning an athlete says, I don't, I don't know how to do this. And you say, I do. Don't worry about mm. this. We're going to figure this out. It's a good moment for you, but most importantly, it's a good moment for the athlete because they should feel safe, like they're in good hands. Oh, okay, well, 
just tell me what you want me to do. So and you both feel good. And the coach, me, feels accomplished in what they were able to do and what the athlete was able to do. And it's that's that's spot on, man. So flip that into not a coaching standpoint. Flip yeah. that into like a normal everyday life. How would you how would you argue that efficacy and resistance? Because I think that's a fair point and a fair kind of I don't want to say logic, but a fair like analogy. It sounds create. easy to say, but how does it look in real life? Well, how does it look in not not in a coaching setting? Sure. I think people all too often get really comfortable in the rut and what they do day to day, and they don't venture outside of that. And keep in mind, this is coming from a non-corporate background, right? I don't know the first thing about a corporate setting, but I will say if you continue your education, if you continue to hone your craft, if you continue to excel at what you care about, then you expand your knowledge base. And as you do that, you'll meet challenges that you either do or don't know how to solve. I would say knock out all the ones that you do know how to solve, right? Mm. Not in a rude or an arrogant way, but say, hey, I think I can help with this project. Hey, I, I've ran into this once before. Do you mind if I suggest something? Knock out all the problems that you do know how to do, certainly. But when it comes to the ones that you don't, run to those ones fastest. Because when you see a project that you don't know how to take on, the minute you try to take it on and you fail, and you will, you're going to reach out to someone that has been there before and can set you up to succeed in that moving forward and eventually get to a point to where um, your skill base is so expanded that you can take on just about any project. And when you do that and you tie that in with collaborating with other professionals, whatever you want to do, you are bound to exceed at that. If you've expanded your skill base, only if you've expanded your skill base. So many people say, oh, I'm really good at this one thing. I'm also kind of good at this thing and this thing and this thing, but they've never fucking done it. And so when they go to do a project, they fail. And it's like, well, you didn't build up your base enough. You have to put in mm -hmm. the time to be great. And you have to network with other people that are great. Mm -hmm. and, and I think in time, you will soon find that there isn't a challenge in your field that you can't conquer, but you have to put in the time to learning how to do that. And the most important thing, especially in coaching and probably in other professions is the why, right? It's not just this thing works because. No, no, no. Why, do, why does that thing work the best? You need to validate to me as a customer, as a manager, as an employee. You need to explain why this solution works so that I can buy in and then I can implement that solution. I, I, mm -hmm. I think in terms of building efficacy, it comes from really expanding your knowledge base and being able to work within a team, whether that's you and a client, which is the team I prefer, or you and a, a team at you know a coffee shop, which is a unit that you know meets a goal. You need to expand your knowledge base. You need to run to challenges because if you don't run to challenges, you'll never be great at other things. Hmm. So give that to me in like three lines. Give me the like the top three lines. The footnotes of it all. Yeah, because I I I'm I'm in it. I'm I dig it. I just like I'm I'm trying to get you to do a wrap up without having to say wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So to sum that point up, I will say, um, be humble and work hard, run towards the challenges, accept help to solve bigger problems tomorrow. Hmm. I, I'd like all that. I would say I want to put them into a, an important, an, an importance perspective. And maybe yeah. this causes more uh, conversation, but In my mind, that's order of operations. Meaning well, I, Stay Which humble is, and work hard. You have yeah. to do that as a base. If you don't, mm -hmm. there's no point to any of it. Um, my second point, help me bring that one back. I remember the third. Go with the third and then I'll, I'll think of the second. Uh, um, the third was uh, 
Oh, the second one is run towards challenges. Yes. Because once you've stayed humbled and worked hard, you have your base. And then when you run towards challenges, you'll find out what you don't know. Mm -hmm. You find your holes. Yep. And then the third point was accept help to solve bigger problems tomorrow. You can't do it alone. You can't. You may think that you can. It'll be a long time down the road until you can. So accept help so that you can solve the bigger problems that are coming your way, the challenges that you don't know how to do. So in my mind, it's an order of operations procedure. And I would say in order of importance, it is uh, reach out and accept help, stay humble. And then the second one, which we, we can never remember. Show notes it is. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, we'll get these show notes together one of these days. Um, but for a wrap-up sake, um, what do we take from this? You're an old person are, in your actions. I'm an old person in... Um, I was going to say, we are, we are both old people in our own ways. <laughs> what makes you feel the most alive for you? It's rolling in a sense of accomplishment over something that you've done and a chance to unwind and reflect on it. For me, it's usually the most... I was going to say dangerous things. I'll even surmise it a, a little bit more. For me, it is, um, for you, it is a, a mental and physical taxation. And for me, it is more Air. of a mental taxation. But not to say that the physicality does not play a role. So I think that is a, a pretty fair summation. Do you have anything else? Nah. So in wrap up, Thank you for joining us for this hour. Uh, I know I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I always yep. enjoy getting to talk to my, my dude. Um, yep. Make sure that you tune in next week. Uh, we'll post our show notes, uh, maybe include mm -hmm. a video or two. But again, we're always appreciative for your listenership, um, and we look forward to sharing more of these experiences with you. So, Yep, definitely. Us. Definitely also, if you have any questions or any comments, concerns, please hit us up. We'll leave our um, various contacts in the show notes. I think they're in like every show note. So please do that if you have any questions, comments, or even topics you want us to talk about. Oh, we'd love um, them. We do love them. We're hoping to get um, a good topic for you next week if we can both do our homework. That's no shot at you. That's a shot at me too. <laughs> I'm speaking it into existence now. We're working on something good, guys. Hopefully you all have your own thoughts on the uh, topics that we're going to discuss. Hopefully, yes. So... Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Um, we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. See you, man. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. Bye.